today with me I have Zay. I met her from university and you are the first woman I've interviewed actually for my channel. They've all been men so far, so kind of very, as I always like to say, very everybody. So Zay, um, introduce yourself and uh, yeah, go ahead, how I know you and whichever. Well, it's an honour to be the first woman on here, so thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I, so I'm Zay, uh, I know Sean from university. Uh, I distinctly remember meeting you, personally I remember meeting you in Courtyard in uh, this place in Manchester uh, that's a very common student hangout and um, I was just hanging with my friends and and I th I believe it was part of the uh, the language club, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was. Like Probably. the language. Yeah. It was it was it was final year, wasn't it? It was final year indeed. Yeah. Um. And uh, so I I was doing French and uh, you were obviously doing Spanish, and uh, yeah. It was a it was a lovely first meeting, and I think we just became instant friends, really. Moving swiftly on, so you <laughs> you, uh, you did French. Have you used that since university, or what? What made you do languages in the first place? Because I was having this conversation with someone else the other day, and they said, "Well, it was Aisuke, one of the last people I was interviewing, and he got into a university in Japan on his language skill." Um, and I was the only one in my year group that actually went on to do languages. Um, so what what took you down that route? If we can start start there. Let's split this into two sections. So okay. what made me start French in the first place is that um, my parents wanted me to learn the language when I was in primary school. Uh, so there was a French club that started up at, at school. So they encouraged me to join. Um, and then I just was part of the French club until year six and then of course in year seven it was mandatory uh, and then they, they asked us if we wanted to carry on so I did and uh, all the way up until uh, college. Uh, then in university, I, I originally didn't want to carry on with French because my sixth form teacher had not been my favourite, um, so I I just wasn't sure if I wanted to carry on. However, it was about two weeks in uh, to uni, and then I decided, do you know what? I really miss French, so I decided to uh, add it to my course. And um, honestly, it was probably one of the best decisions that I've I've ever made because, well, firstly. A great thing to have on your CV anyway, but also uh, going on the year abroad in my third year of university, uh, that was really fantastic. It was one of the best years of my life, uh, just simply because I achieved, you know, independence. It was the first time living away from home for me. I I remember going and I could barely string a sentence together without getting really nervous so they'd laugh in my face but then eventually by the end it was just just streaming streaming French sentences together mm. better than I string English sentences together apparently <laughs> so yeah it was it was really good and then um, I don't know after university just to go into split this off into the second section and um, I would say that 
honestly, I can't say I've used it a lot. Um, I I do use it when speaking to French friends and uh, on holiday, yes. But I mean, I don't think that I've used it as much as I thought I would use it. Okay, some very interesting points there. Um, just the first question I have as a lead on from that. What age did you start French club? So I believe that was when I was in year three. So I would have been, gosh, yeah, something like eight, seven, okay. eight. What about the benefits of learning a language from a young age? Do you think that particularly helped or, you know, I don't know if you've learned another language later on. I myself did. Um, I didn't really do much at a young age. I didn't really have much interest at all in languages until I was about 11 or 12, kind of a little bit more mature. But even when I first started Spanish, I couldn't stand it. Mm. Uh, and ironically, I, it was the thing that took me where I am. What was the start? So you yourself, yeah, what do you think? Mm. Okay, I'm going to just briefly think for a second. I would say that it is definitely beneficial to learn it from a younger age it really kind of depends on uh, what you want out of life I suppose I didn't really know what I wanted at that time but I was quite eager to join because I enjoyed reading and and that kind of thing so it was kind of an easy it was an easy thing for me because I already knew Arabic so, so um, because I come from an Iraqi family I I already knew Arabic and I had English and then just French came into it. I I think that it's quite nice to be able to, to know a different language so when you go into high school that it makes it certainly easier if you're trying to learn Spanish or German or whatever because you know they descend from well at least Spanish and French descend from romantic languages whereas German not so. Um, I don't think I ever learnt German uh, but when I tried to learn Spanish at university um, it's interesting because I I was obviously uh, 18 when I started learning Spanish so the the fact that it's so similar to French is quite funny because I still found it a little bit difficult to uh, to fully to fully grasp it without going into French constantly I think that it does make it interesting when you learn linguistics knowing the reasons why uh, you seem to uh, struggle learning stuff later on just simply because they say the theory is that you know up until firstly up until you're three years old you can actually grasp any sound in the world so like you can grasp any sound in the world um, and then up until you're 13 years old is the threshold for uh, how spongy your brain is and how flexible it is in terms of learning languages and then it just becomes more difficult it really depends on your motivation for learning the language afterwards so uh, obviously in, in high school from 11 to about uh, well let's say so year seven to year nine the end of year nine they usually make you uh, learn a, a language mandatorily so just to explain the year seven for those from different parts oh, yeah, of the world sorry. year seven would be 10 or 11 11 yeah, 11 years old 10 or 11 uh, up until uh, 14 15 years okay. old yeah 
so between those years uh, they they would usually just probably make you learn it because well it's it's good for diversify what you're learning yeah exactly it's good for diversifying what you're learning it's good for uh putting it on your cv like i said it's good for i don't know like uh, it make i think it makes you a more creative thinker because especially when you're doing translation exercises for example you need to be able to think of how you would uh, say things just like how you might struggle with a synonym in english struggling with saying something the way that you want to say it you would try and think of other ways that you would say it in the other language so in in french it's good to be able to when you're translating between each language that already makes i believe it's the right side of your brain a lot more dynamic so it's it's really quite interesting what it does to us i think interesting um yeah it's, it opens another world of perception in my brain it's mm. uh, you know people talk of cultures and okay yeah, that's for me that's only a very small part of it it's you know it's it's just a label to describe that small part of the language the life that is attached to that language whereas in my view it's everything around it and when doing something for example like translation you have to throw yourself entirely into that world mm. and then pull yourself back out of that world and then put your ideas down on paper or whichever format in which you translate so that's a very interesting point um in terms of okay so when talking schools normally for me it was french german and spanish at school i don't know yourself but what do you think in terms of what is offered in schools and what should be offered well um it really obviously depends on the school that you're in so some most schools you would have those french german spanish and then you get some schools that offer well it depends on the area that you're in so uh, for example if you were in a more kind of to describe it if you were in an asian based area so like pakistani hindi um they have a lot of you know options for learning punjabi or gujarati if you're in a more arab based area they do have arabic as an option uh, depending on the school uh, as well mandarin i remember my friend learnt mandarin at school and sh- she really enjoyed it and uh, i think that that really you should be learning the languages that are the most common in in business even if you don't go straight into a business type job it's just generally good for being able to if you want to travel to those places you can you can have a bit more access to that world per se i guess i would also say that for me i learned latin as well as french so i mean some people would say a oh, why are you learning a dead language but i mean it's language really... is languages never die That's well exactly and uh, you know it's literally there in medicine it's there in law it's there in so many different things and you know when i was saying about the romance languages it makes it so much easier to to grasp you know something like french and spanish and italian and those are very common languages Well, so things always link into another yeah it gives you the linguistic basis of the, the the foundational building blocks to build and even how people think you know from the expansion of the roman empire it's got all that ingrained into it, all those linguistic patterns 
even you know myself I've started looking at ancient Greek language mm. and for me just the concepts and stuff even that we use today you know words such as diagnosis and signs and all those kind of things it's it's they're so they've permeated so much even into our world today mm. and just what you know going back to what you said about well, what I started with, you continued on with French, German, and Spanish. It teaches you a very European-centric kind of mentality. And I think it has to become wider in that sense. I, really, I think that's so important. Yeah, definitely. I do agree with that. I think it's, it's really interesting how, um, you know, it's something that I used to often think about. What I used to think about is, it's interesting how you have like so many countries all over the world and yet you know when they come to England they're expected to speak English uh, but when you go over there you expect them to speak English as well um, and it's it's so unfair I mean it's so crazy to me how people will go over there and like not even try to speak the people's language like I think it's really quite disrespectful to be honest um so you know when when my friend told me that she was learning Mandarin I, I was so surprised because it's so much of a it brings in a wider spectrum of language that you don't really usually get access to and uh, like I said with the Punjabi and and learning Arabic I think that these are really really good to widen people's expansion into another world another it really is another world because you don't you just you don't you need to be able to see what's actually out there rather than what's on in your little bubble only that's exactly i was about to make the same point you know you said about what is available in schools and i think now with the accessibility of the internet i think you can't really make excuses to not kind of expand your own consciousness or expand your own awareness and specifically even with language learning in the context of those you know, those resources are out there online as I'm doing this interview now with you. Other mm. people dedicate their time to language teaching online, you know, even for like free courses on YouTube, for example, or, mm. you know, or make their own website or do their own independent language schools. It's all there. And people do have to wake up to the fact that it isn't this bubble, that there is that out there. And as I was saying the other day with Ace Game, we are given these tools, but it's up to us to take them as far as we can. So, you know, you might have started yourself with language learning with the French um, from a young age. Eventually, okay, it got to the point of university, but then you chose to take that further and pursue that pursue that, that avenue. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think it's very important to do that and to, you know, diversify yourself and push things as far as, as, you, as you do. As you, as you as as you possibly can. Yeah, uh, I mean something because I did uh, TESOL, which is basically teaching English as a foreign language. Um, and I just interrupt, just say TESOL. What's the, what's the what is the actual acronym? Teaching English as as what? Uh, secondary other language. Yeah. So uh, with I did that for my master's uh, degree. And uh, some of the things, some of the assignments that we had to do, one of them was 
basically uh, finding out from students or just general people around us that did not speak English of uh, particularly how they learn the language that they're learning so for example with my one it was a, a student that I interviewed in a college that I was working in he was, was, it a a, was it was it a random sample uh, well we had to only choose one person yeah, so uh, we we had to interview one person to see how they learnt the language, why they were learning the language, their motivation behind it, and just you know their preferences. So, um, my student, he he's Chinese. Um, he absolutely hates learning English, but he's forced to from his parents. But also just because he mostly wanted to learn English and come to England because in China a lot of the history that he's interested in is basically just made irrelevant and it's erased whereas in England... What do you mean, you, you, you mean by that, sorry? Made irrelevant? So for example, I don't know exactly what he was searching for but like Chinese Chinese history um, some of the parts that he was interested in were just made as in the the government didn't want that stuff to be known to the population. Deleted from the history books effectively. There you go. Um, so it, uh, apparently there was a couple of museums in, in London uh, in particular that had the history in particular that he was interested in and because it's in English it makes it uh, he he really wanted to um, you know discover it and uh, uncover some some truths to grasp the meaning of it what, what, exactly. what, what, what was kept from him there's, there's opportunity to find it but you have to open the door first in order to get there yeah and the, and the key is English Precisely, precisely. So I, I thought it was really interesting how, despite the fact that he, he hates English and he actually really disliked the culture here as well. He was uh, the funniest thing I've ever heard, like a foreign student say. I, I never expected this because you always hear it from the other side. I don't know if you'll cut this out, but I'm just going to say it anyway. So he said, he said that um, with the food is bland, the weather is bland, and the people, uh, they all look like each other. Um, so I thought that was pretty funny. When, um, you, when, you, when you say the other side, what do you mean the other side? When I say the other side, as in I mean that people here can be racist and say that all Chinese people look alike. So he's saying all English people look alike. So I found that kind of funny to hear it from uh, from the opposite side. Well, that then tells me that that is not necessarily meant, perhaps in my view, it's not necessarily pertinent to one side or the other. If both sides do it, it's pertains to the whole it's this, con it's this concept I was reading in Eileen Chang um, wonderful author Chinese contemporary talks about this kind of fear of otherness mm. um, that's a very interesting concept but it's that's the point you're looking at it as dualism as these two sides and you, you mm. have to look at it as, as this concept of oneness 
and in order to understand the whole one I think that's really key but it's very interesting you say that about that side and that side and the bridging over between these I wouldn't say similar concepts but the manifestation is similar there's obviously yeah. different roots and different different everyone's different in how they arrive at their thought processes and whichever mm. else but this the, the concept of bridging itself to the otherness to what is different actually manifests in the same way absolutely i completely agree with that and um yeah i didn't mean to make it sound as if i was trying to other yeah yeah okay um so anyway something else interesting uh, that he that we uh, discovered when we were talking about you know motivation and that kind of thing is uh, when i was going on about the bubble that i was when i was talking about the bubble uh, it was interesting how a lot of the students they tend to if they want to learn english or if uh, english students want to learn you know chinese or japanese um or any other language for that matter that one of the most common ways to learn the language was through a tv show so like a lot of people love anime uh, a lot of people love um that kind of the cultural stuff and i mean for, for me for example i quite enjoyed learning a bit of spanish from um jane the virgin because the the grandma she always speaks in spanish and it's put in subtitles so you you get to pick up quite a lot of casual phrases um and a lot of you know the the real phrases not ones that you would just learn in a textbook and and that's something that I think is really important. One of the best ways to learn a language, I think, is definitely being exposed to someone that actually speaks it, that is actually a part of that culture. I mean, um, a, living, a living part. Sorry. Living part. Who's actually yeah. there? Not just academic, or it's in the real world. It's living and breathing. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I learned so many different phrases and so many different ways of communicating when I actually lived in France compared to when I just learned it from a textbook or in the classroom. My dissertation for my uh, master's degree was actually part of is exploring Duolingo, the app where it teaches you many different languages. Um, there's different levels to it. And uh, my main question was basically, how successful is only learning with Duolingo with no classroom help, basically? I found that the, the main thing is that it, it, can, it can't really be done without classroom help essentially it depends on your motivation level of course that's a huge factor in in um how how far you want to go into the app how far you uh, want to feel how far you want to go into the app and how much you want to learn dedication but there is a question of authenticity uh, which came up quite as a common thing of why people give up with duolingo is because it's not authentic enough uh, but funnily enough along with it is the number one rated language app that's the most accessible and free uh, and it does have a lot of uh, help in terms of it 
brings in all of the different language learning strands so reading writing speaking listening it covers those very well uh, i also wanted to find out if your learning style affects the way that you learn on the app so for example if you're kinesthetic so you like to move around uh, if you're a visual learner so you like to look through pictures if you're an um, auditory learner so you hit learn better through hearing uh, it was those three that I was mostly looking at uh, I actually found out that that does not affect how well you learn on the app so you could be any type of language learner and you will still have the same amount of success but it depends on your motivation in how successfully you actually learn on it. But overall, you would need a classroom to reinforce or you would need to be in the country again to reinforce how uh, authentic it is. That's an interesting point. You look at it as, you know, all it's a tool, effectively. Mm. An app is a tool in order for you to, or for whichever, objective you wish to use the tool for but in each case as you've just suggested with the different types of learning it goes back on the individual as well an important thing and i think that's really important to focus on because there's many different ways to learn a language but at the end of the day you have to find out what works for you and how you work and that's yeah. one of the things that's come up quite often in, in with doing these interviews is it comes back to the individual and that's I think that's very important. One thing you brought up before, Zay, was before you, when you started university, you said you couldn't really string a sentence together. Um, and then you went to France and you, you know, you found yourself maybe out of your comfort zone and growing. Um, would you say language learning helps people who maybe would consider themselves shy or? Hmm, that's quite a difficult one. Just reading from your own experience, that's probably the, that's probably a good stop. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to think because obviously I am quite a shy person, I would say. I'm not sure if it was really the language that really got me to feel less shy, but that I think it's really more just me wanting to push myself out of my comfort zone because that is kind of something that we learnt uh, as well, is uh, when it comes to um, motivation if you want to learn a language and if you want to be part of that culture, you will be a lot more adept to um, bringing yourself to string a sentence together properly and to uh, be able to absorb what you're, what's around you. I mean, for example, with a lot of first-generation parents, grandparents, um, maybe some of them come from like war-torn countries so they might have to be forced to move to a country where it's a different culture, it's a different language. Uh, like for example with my parents, like they came from Iraq, they came to England just because I, I'm not quite sure why they decided England, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's a good country. It's got good living standards, so I guess that's part of it. However, with me and my brother, we, uh, I mean, I came, I was one when we moved here, and my brother was eight. Uh, my brother had been learning some English in the schools over there, but, I mean, coming here we we both have become native level English speakers and we fully are absorbed within the English culture but with my parents uh, they still 
really are with the uh, Iraqi culture. They're still very much part of the uh, Arabic culture and heritage, and they always watch Arabic TV. They don't watch English TV. They uh, always listen to Arabic music. Uh, they tend to talk to Arabic people. They don't really talk to English people. I think with, with my dad, because uh, he, he was a doctor, so uh, he he had to speak a lot of English for his job and in a proficient way. But with my mum, although she did have to speak English for her job because she was teaching um, in primary school, she still felt like she kind of struggled with um, making friends because you know she doesn't watch the English things and she doesn't really understand the English sense of humor and it's just like whenever I go back as well to um, Abu Dhabi like where my family is and you know they I recently went there in November and it was quite funny really how much they didn't expect me to know as much Arabic as I did and whenever I would you know string a good sentence together and use a uh, quite niche I guess vocabulary um, very colloquial vocabulary uh, they they would be like wow oh my gosh it's so good your Arabic is so good it's it's just a, ma a big sense of your identity do you want to be part of that culture or do you not really care my parents didn't really want to be part of the english culture so they've not fully you know acclimatized to it whereas for me i have it was natural and um, because this is all i've known so does that make sense i think with older generations maybe there is a point in which someone's ways become so cemented that maybe mm. for them to to pull them from that is maybe potentially impossible. I don't know. It's funny you say that, just because one of the hell you gonna love somebody else. Can I get an amen up in here? Wow. Amen. Now oh, let oh, the music play. <laughs> <laughs>